You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shanika Peterson. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask on the mainstream media. Good morning, Shanika. How are you doing, Queen? Good morning, Montoya. I am well. Thank you so much. And how are you this Fine morning. Uh, doing well, doing well. Got a special guest on the line. Like might have a another special guest. Let's check on both. See if Vaughn's out there as well. I think he might have just jumped in on this thing. Hey, what's up, Vaughn? Just checking on you real quick. Uh, okay, I was just sitting it so you could check it out. But if you were, if you are, if you open to give us your three cents today, I'll have you on the thing with us. Peace, family. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm listening, man. I'm in. How you doing? Okay, man? let's do it. Yeah, just let me know when you gotta go, man. We're a family show, so you ain't, you could you can stay on for as long as you want. Uh, but before we introduce you, brother, I'm gonna go ahead with my man Mark Ta- Mark Anthony from Black Men and Cigars Podcast. Thank you, King, for returning to the show. You always hold me down when you are available. I'm looking forward to getting into today's discussion. But if you will, King, tell them about your podcast and give them a little bit of your background. What's going on, everybody? Appreciate you having me on again, Montoya. Uh, like you said, I am Mark Anthony. Uh, host the Black Man and Cigar podcast with my co-host, D'Amico's Chambers. And uh, what we do is try to open up the dialogue for everyday black men, working class black professionals, and give people insight on it. We don't think that uh, black men have enough of a voice in the media space that's positive, that's real insightful, that's uh, that's common to who we are. So we, we definitely uh, created our platform for that. And then we try to put black professionals in front of us, in front of the audience, uh, every episode, just to give them more and more insight on the reality of, of you know, black people, our, our struggles, our happiness, our successes, and all of that. No, I love it. I've been a guest on Mark and um, D'Amico's show and um, loved it. So definitely check out Black Men and Cigars. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, and just look for them there. 
my man Vaughn, the Love Alchemist, jumped on this thing with us. So if you will, King, uh, say hello to the truth seekers out there listening, the intellectual outcasts out there listening, if you will, and tell them your background as well. But thank you for jumping on with us. As well. You know, again, you, you can just free flow and stay on here with us as long as you want, brother. Glad to have you. For inviting me in, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so, as he said, I'm Vaughn, also known as Love Alchemist. I run a podcast called The Living Proof Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. via Facebook Live and also on YouTube. Uh, and basically, I help couples restore or even find harmony and, and maintain it in their relationships um, towards longevity as much as anything else. Uh, and I also help uh, interpersonal familial relationships as well. So, uh, I'm just looking forward to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Nah, glad to have you. We had Vaughn on a couple couple of shows here recently, one of our most popular ones uh, for the year. I don't know if I even told you this, Vaughn, but uh, wow, there's so many damn relationship coaches and this brother, him and his wife have been married 30 years. He's in that space doing it correctly, so I was glad to have him on and is one of our top shows uh, for this, uh, this year. Uh, Shadika, you're my co-host. If you will, say hello to our guest. If you will, Queen, you do a podcast as well. Again, I like to speak to people that are doing what we do well. And as I say, I like to bring people who are a little smarter on the conversation than I am, and I will include you in that bunch, if you will, Queen. But tell them about your podcast, and we're going to get started with this morning's discussion. I will. And first of all, I want to fan out to Mark Anthony. Good morning, Mark. I miss you. Hey, how's it going? All is well. All is well. It has been a while. It has been a while. Um, so I co-host a podcast, Real Talk with Pasha B. Mark Anthony has been on that as well. He's an awesome, awesome guest. Um, always has great feedback. Um, our podcast is geared toward 35 and older crowd, conversations around current topics, relationships, lifestyles, and that, things of that nature. Um I also host an event, Cocktails and Conversations, which is an extension of that. We bring the podcast live, and we bring the 35 and older crowd together where we can look at each other's face and have these conversations. And thankfully, Montoya, you have um, helped MC that event a few times for me. Um, we recently had one about a month ago um, in April, and we got great, great feedback for Excellent. that. So. Excellent event. So absolutely, if you're in the Atlanta area, you got to check out Cocktails and Conversation next time she has one. With that said, let's go ahead and jump this thing off. We're going to make the make the intro quick, go to a quick commercial, and get hot and heavy into this morning's discussion question. If you're a first-time listener, we do our shows in the form of a question as I go by Black Socrates. Basically take the Socratic method, asking the right questions, hopefully to get to the right answers. And believe it or not, there is a possible solution either to today's discussion as we specialize in hard conversations on race, sex, culture, and business in the African-American community. And today's discussion question, do good men check fuck boys enough? Do good men check F boys enough, which is a current term that people use, if you will, to to degrade some of the brothers out there or whatever. We're going to get into this discussion. But we're going to start with you, Queen. Uh, When you first heard the question worded that way, just give me your first thought. Don't go too deep because we've got to go to break. Just give me your first initial thought when you heard that question, what popped in your head. No. That's what popped in my head. No. There it is. Uh, Mark, again, you do this conversations like these as well. What was your first thought when I said 
hey, you want to bring you on this show? I know you said out loud we we're going to be doing something similar on the show. So I don't, that might that might have been your first thought, or you might have thought something before that. But what was your first initial thought when I said, hey, here's the title, the good man check, F-Boys enough? I'm actually in agreement with her. Mine was a hell no. <laughs> All right, so you got to, you you got to put the extra on there. You can't you can't just be, you said just like her, but you put the extra on there, though, brother. Yeah, it's a, a vehemently hell no. All right, let me see what my brother with 30 years of marriage wisdom, bond, that love, alchemist. What was your first thought? And I think you, you, matter of fact, you might have just saw it. I don't know if you saw the promotions before this morning. But when you saw it and jumped on, what was your first thought, King? Yeah, I agree with them, man. No, nah, we don't. Um, and even those of us who, who do, I think for the most part, a lot of us are just exhausted. <laughs> Our boys seem like they got a lot of stain. So, no. Nah. Sounds good. Well, just know, that, just know that I disagree with all three of y'all. So, it's going to be on this morning. How about that? <laughs> Okay. Well, with that said, we will go to the first break. We will open up the phone lines because we want to hear everybody's perspective on this morning's discussion. Do good men check F-boys enough? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Edge Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at emoregedbs.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emoreg Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. I'm F-R-E-E, fuck nigga free fuck. That means I ain't gotta worry about no fuck nigga cheap And I'm F-I-N-G-L-E again Y'all start hanging out the window with my ratchet ass friends I'm F-R-E-E, fuck nigga free fuck. That means I ain't gotta worry about no fuck nigga cheap And I'm F-I-N-G-L-E again Y'all start hanging out the window with my ratchet ass friends go. Go, 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 go. Go, go, let's go. Ain't that the song now? That's like the number one song of something in the country, I think. I don't even know. But I know I hear that thing everywhere. F Nick Free. That's what she say. Glow Rilla, I think, is the name of the queen you hear rapping there. But this morning's discussion question, do good men check F boys enough? And I know Glow Rilla, she tired of them. And all of y'all said no, and I'm the only one that said we do. And so... I want to dig into this. I, I'm going to save myself to last. Um, Shanika, if you will, Queen, we always start with the Queen. Uh, I know when I talked to you a little bit, you were briefly looking up, in a sense, the definition of a F boy. I want to extend that definition, if you will, but let's start with the Urban Dictionary, some version of it, if you can recall what, uh, what, 
Well, when you looked it up, what was an F boy according to the Urban Dictionary from what you can recall, Queen? So from what I can recall, it essentially said that a fuck boy is someone who, not someone, a, a boy who plays with a woman's feelings. They really don't like women. They're disrespectful to women. And they tell women anything they want to hear just to get what they want out of them. Absolutely. And so that's that's definitely a version. And I would also say that where we want to go even deeper, just to highlight this for the, as the, to take the show even deeper than just her playing with a woman's feelings and that type of thing and not necessarily really liking women. But unfortunately, I would also add that those are typically the type of men that harm our sisters. And when we see these numbers, and we'll get into that a little later, but I just want to you know, start here in the relationship space, if you will, but I definitely want to expand it to the entire culture because quite often, um, if you you know, if that's the label we're going to put on these type of men, uh, I would also offer that they are the ones that are willing to harm our sisters in a way that I offer most of us won't or don't. Um, Mark, you said hell no. So go into that, King. Go ahead and give me your second and third thought. Okay. All right. Um, so... I think that when we start talking about fuck boys, uh, I think that there are certain patterns of behavior that we associate with it. Um, when we do talk about them, I don't think we hold them accountable because I think when we start talking about good men, I think that we are more talking about uh, intentional men or, or the nature of them wanting to make positive impact. But more often than not, those two aren't associated. You don't see a lot of good guys around a lot of fuck boys, so. I think both of both of those groups do their best to isolate. So there's no checking what you don't. So when I hear women talking about fuck boys, Miko and I both are in agreement. We don't fuck with them either. We hold a certain level of them accountable when they're in our space. But if you don't position yourself to be around those individuals um, through your own protection, through your own, you know, creating your own safe space, you're not in the position to like focus on bringing them up or trying to, you know, basically oftentimes you feel like you're talking to a brick wall. You don't position yourself to be around those individuals enough to check them. So that's that's one of the, the biggest synopsis that I had about when I heard it and when I started thinking about it. Like you, I like that you figured out, Sneak, you've heard me say this before. F-boys and good men are all in water in real life. I won't go too deep at it in this moment. It definitely will come up a little later. Uh, Shanika, any thoughts to what Mark said before I go to Vaughn? Yes, and you have said that to me before, but I also want to add that these don't necessarily have to be your friends. We're talking about family members. It could, it could be your father. It can be your uncle. It can be your brother. And if you're old enough, it may even be your child. And it's not also um, found in masses. So in a group of friends, there may be four or five guys that hang together. It may only be one. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I also offer that it may not even be a friend. It may be a family member. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's zero. It ain't even one. Vaughn, your thoughts, King? <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, Montoya. Now, that's what we're here for today. We, this is where we do it at. <laughs> well, go ahead, Vaughn. Your thoughts, King? You might be on mute, brother. All right, maybe we lost Vaughn. 
All right, King, if you can hear me, or if you can hear me, we can't hear you, so you may have to call back in, just so you know, or you're on mute. All right, so let's keep this conversation going. For the other callers out there, I see some callers out there. You do have to press 1 if you want to speak. The number to get in if you're online is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. We actually got a caller who want to go ahead and jump in, so let's go ahead and get this caller in here and get their three cents on this thing this morning. Area code 512-LAST-3003. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, D. Black, straight out of Austin, Texas. How y'all doing this morning? Hey, doing good, King. What you got for us, man? What's your thoughts on this this morning's discussion question? I don't know if you heard the beginning, but I'm in disagreement with my oh, co-host yeah, and my guests that we, that we check them enough. What's your thoughts, King? Man, y'all got grease on the, uh, on the stove, man. We, we we having a fish fry this morning or what? Here we go. Hey, let's so, get it hot, man. Let's pop it up. Jump uh, it off uh, like you do. Only like, first only, of only all, like you can first do. of all, uh, we define what a fuck boy is. Let's be fair now. Uh, 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 what's a good man? Because uh, uh, my definition of a good man might not be your definition of a good man or her definition of a good man. So let's, let, 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 let's get that right. Sounds good, sounds because, good. Uh, 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 my thing is this. While we're talking about fuckboys and good men, around me I'm seeing a lot of fuckboys idolize some suckers that ain't no good nigga. He just got money. Mm. And he got more control over the fuckboys than the good dude do. And then uh, an issue I got with is what I've noticed around here, once a so-called brother or whatever make it, and he move out the hood, he ain't coming back. True enough, you know, money divide, man. You come from the block, you make some money, now everybody else hungry. If you the type that ain't feeding the people around you, well, you set yourself on the plate to get ate. I've seen this all my life, you know what I'm saying? Whether you're doing good business or bad business, man, you can't eat around starving folks, man. And it ain't just about money. It's also about knowledge. If you sharper than the next guy and you ain't giving him nothing, who is you? You're not a good man to me. You a selfish nigga to me. Okay, let's go back to Hall of Famers. You in the game. You put up your points. You did your thing. You retired. Now the league want to hear what you got to say. Matter of fact, they give you a job. They make you a commentator now. Why? Because you did good. You took care of your business, and people want to hear, need to hear what you got to say versus somebody that ain't even been in the league. Now he a commentator. You notice how as soon as he says something wrong, them guys that been in the league to put up the points. Hold up, man. You ain't even you ain't even uh, uh, played the game. You just talking about it. So I'm sure these folks are listening to me than, than yourself. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So uh, 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 let's let, let, let's define what a good man is before we just ride down on, on the fuck boys because hey, an unchecked fuck it. boy is gonna grow up to be a bullshit nigga, a selfish dude. Come on now. So everybody that done made it and then don't come back or, or, or don't hang with the fuck boys, well guess what? If you don't make the change, them fuck boys gonna grow up and get bigger and, and, and they gonna eat your kids or eat our, eat our seeds after us. You did. So it's everybody's job. Let's take out the adjectives. It's every man's job to give back to the boy. 
And age ain't it. got nothing to do with it. Color ain't got nothing to do with it. And it's like, you know, me, hey, hey, uh, 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 a lot of folks around me look at me like I done made it. But I'm still right here in the hood. I'm still in the block, and this is where I'm comfortable at. I don't want to go out there with the white folks, and, and you know, and they, they, they be looking at me like, you know, I, I'm comfortable around my people. A lot of niggas get money and burn the fuck off and don't come back. And now we looking at your, yeah, just keep your bitch ass over there, nigga. Because if you come back around here, you know what I'm saying? You one of them. You ain't one of us. And once again, it, 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 it ain't about race. It ain't about color. It's just reality. Y'all go ahead, man. Give me something. Now, I love the passion always, brother. It's my brother D. Black. I always bring the heat anytime he come on this thing. And so um, as I listen to you break it down, um, I would also offer to a degree in a sense, um, quote-unquote, use the word somebody making it, but giving no input in, in that, you know, I would just say even in their circles around them because I'm not caught up in whether they move or stay in the hood or not, that type of thing. But if they're not giving knowledge or input to others, well, that's, you know, making it in itself isn't necessarily have anything, if, in my opinion, with being a, a good man based on the definition that you're asking for, nor with someone who, like you said, the F-boys just listen to the person with the most money, uh, that person in itself may be who they admire, but I don't think that person has necessarily <laughs> removed themselves from the category if if they are living out what I call quite often as an issue within our community is an extended adolescent. So they, they figured out how to get money, but getting money in itself is not what I would say qualifies you from being a F boy. So in my eyes, if you got a bunch of money exactly. and, no, and, and, and that's no, where I agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so just so for the distinction, yeah, we definitely not talking about somebody that they look up to that leads them down the path where they continue to be the definition that um Shanika read earlier or somebody who plays with women's emotions just to get what they want and, and in a sense never gonna be about you know, you know that woman, or in this case, if we're talking about the black community, a black woman for that matter. Uh, Mark, any input on um, um, the black saying, "Hey, let's define this first before we continue the discussion," which I think is a fair thing to do. He brought up a lot of. Um, he brought, he said a lot in a little bit of time, so I respect the position, but I definitely agree, I disagree with the sentiment of it, if you will. Um, but to the to, to the definition, as I said before, um, when I'm talking good men, I'm talking about somebody with a positive intention towards women, somebody who, not to say that we're talking about somebody that's imperfect, but we're talking about somebody who, while they're figuring it out, trying to do better not only for themselves, but towards the people that they're trying to interact with. Um, and it's, it's less of a selfish thing and more of a uh, either communal or familial or or collective thing. Uh, so that's what I, that's, that's how I define it. Oh, absolutely. Love that. And so, so yeah, now that we've distinguished that, you know, some of those people you laid out, though they're not included in our thought process of what a good man is. So I think we're on the same page, uh, you know, from, from, from that thought process, um, if you will. Um, I would also offer to you the black again, love the passion that, um, I agree with Mark wholeheartedly. So if we're on the, on the same page there, now I think it's fair to focus on the F boys. And here's a distinction that I think um, a lot of men go through because, as you mentioned, to a degree, F boys 
necessarily don't necessarily go up. I think you said, said something similar to that, if you will, D. Black. Uh, so I think here's a distinction that has to be made because a lot of us mature, even quote unquote, if we if you know if I consider myself a quote unquote good man, if you will, um, based on the definition we're talking about today, I had to mature into that, and so. I think sometimes, based on the definition, I want to hear your thoughts on this, Shanika, is that when we're going through our sowing our wild oak stage where we're pretty much, you know, not necessarily looking to have a, a serious relationship for a lot of us and we're out here just trying to get pussy, if you will, when we're in that stage, we, may, um, we can be honest about it, but uh, but at the same time, we're in that stage, and I think sometimes even that stage gets turned into, oh, that's an F boy while they're in that stage. So I thought that was just something that we should start with as, as well, that a lot of men will go through that but will end up being, you know, finding, you know, being right to women or finding women or eventually mature out of that stage and eventually become in a sense, a good man, but they may have, I don't know if you would call that an F-boy stage, but some guys will go through an F-boy stage, if if you will, whereas some guys never grow up into that. Any thoughts on that, Queen? Yes. um, I think we're definitely conditioned and raised differently. Um, Little girls are taught to, you know, Keep your legs closed. Don't have sex. You want to be mindful with who you give your time and energy to, while at the same time, young boys and men are being conditioned to sow you out oats, not necessarily um, settling down with one person, in, you know, at a young age. And during that process, I think people are getting hurt. And these foundations are getting solidified um, that kind of manifest into what we see as a fuckboy. And I agree with you um, in some sense that there is a maturing factor that needs to take place. And some people get stuck um, in that because maybe it's a, you know, it's it's a fun stage to be in or a good stage to be in. So I, I, I do agree a bit with you. Um, as far as that's concerned, um, I have a question that I yeah, want to ahead, ask. And yeah, this is the right time. But do you think it's possible for a man to unconsciously have fuckboy tendencies? Because I'm listening to the conversation about what's a good man, what's a fuckboy, and I can say fuckboy really isn't in my vocabulary. I I don't use that term, and I really don't know people who use that term, but we use other terms to describe the same thing. And there are some good dudes, and I'm using that term loosely, who may have fuckboy tendencies who don't even realize what they're doing because they don't see anything wrong with it. And, And some of their friends, the good guys, such as, you know, you, Montoya, who um, don't necessarily think you associate with these fuckboys, but you really do. But the tendencies they have aren't overwhelming. There may be subtle things that they do that are more obvious in male-female relationships, or I don't want to say male-female, but in romantic relationships. I don't want to make this heteronormative. 
So what? Give, give me an example because I would love to hear Daryl as our guest and Vaughn. If you're still Vaughn, we I don't know Vaughn. We couldn't hear you. We tried to you know make sure you're still on as well. Um, but just give me a quick example because I want to get Daryl on so we can get to you know some more callers as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm back, man. Uh, about that. Okay, no problem. Right, you yeah. back? Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, give me an example of this subtle thing that so that since you say we're not aware of it, maybe it's so subtle or maybe they don't share it with us when we're rocking together. So if I don't know about it, then I don't know how I could. Um, you know, to recognize it. But give me an idea of a, a idea of something that that's subtle that you think we may miss as men, even though they're in our circle. I would say something subtle, such as mm, the manipulation. There, I think there's a certain level of manipulation um, charm that also factors into this whole definition of a fuckboy. And if you're, there's a guy who, I don't know if they call them like serial monogamous people or, 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 or guys who, yeah, I went out with her, oh, it's nothing serious. They're telling you that, but they're behaving with that woman in a manner that makes her think they're in a serious relationship. And I've seen this even in within family um, where, yeah, the guy thinks, oh, you know, it's nothing serious. We're just kicking it. But they're doing things and saying things to this woman to make her think we're in a relationship. Yeah. Um, but they're being so, serious. So, so yeah, that guy would be, that guy, I'm going to let Daryl go next here. But I, that guy clearly knows what he's doing, so I don't. That doesn't that doesn't seem to be the unconscious thing that you initially offer. And I will say, no one in my circle does that. I know for, I know, and if they do it, then they lie about it to the point where I can't check them because they're lying about that they do that. Go ahead, be black. Oh, go ahead. and not necessarily with the guys they're around. I'm sorry. It broke up a little bit. Say that again. I said, I don't think that's something that you would necessarily be familiar with because that's not something that they would discuss with their their guys, but they do it with the romantic partner they're around. And in some instances, when you said you don't see it as unconscious, um, I've seen it from the standpoint of a man will do that. And through me having the conversation as a platonic friend, this man honestly just doesn't want to be by himself. You know, and we're talking it through and I can kind of extract, mm, you just don't want to be by yourself. And and you really want uh, the companionship, you want the perks of the relationship, and you're really being manipulative about how you're interacting with this woman to get those things. And through conversation, it came out. But on the surface, initially, a couple of these guys didn't even see it as that. So that's why I said unconscious. Right. I was unconscious for them. Um, but, yeah, believe it or not, we do have those conversations. I don't know if the other guys would agree, but we absolutely have the com- these conversations within our circle. And we consider that dishonest within our circle. And so absolutely not, like I said, unless they're lying when we're having these discussions. Because we do have these discussions 
amongst our circle. That's how our circle becomes our circle. Would you agree with that, Mark, that within your circle, are you rocking with cats that play that game? Because I remember when I was young and some guys played that game when, when we were young, if you will, and we mature out of it, and, and, and guys that keep playing that game end up not being in your circle anymore. Because some guys do continue to do exactly what Shanique was talking about, but then the, but we weed them out of our circle quickly. Um, Darrell, since you're the since you're the colleague and guest, go ahead and give me a response to that. I want to hear Mark and Vaughn's thoughts on that as well. Hey, everybody shows what they want the public to see, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I like how she said that uh, in most cases. I, I'm zeroing in now, you know, because uh, we, we we talking about fuck boys dealing with women. I was in general because in my neck of the woods, a fuckboy is, is a person that, you know, how you deal with the public, not just women, you know. So, okay, I, let me zero in on the male-female situation. What I've noticed on that part is as long as uh, uh, the male is financially stable, then he has a tendency to not seek marriage. He wants to play. But if, let's flip the coin. We can't just put it on, on, on the fuck boys being promiscuous. What about the little ladies that's courting the man's pocket, courting the little dude's pocket? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me jump in. She wasn't me, home. She I'm jumping in on purpose. Right. I'm jumping on purpose. Break down one second. What I, what I want to know is it's not about simply that situation. What, I'm at, well, what she's asking and what I'm asking you is those type of dudes, do they run in your circle? Because she's asking us, like, okay, what happens to straight them? Uh, do they run in my circle? Yeah, uh, uh, uh. I run across them, and and uh, nine times out of ten, I run them off because I, 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 for for as a yeah. circle, and uh, 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 it, it, it ain't like you know you get out there and, and, and like man, what you doing this that and the other is is a lot of guys that that that, that uh, ain't living up don't even want to be around. A positive person because exactly. you know your uh, your, your shine uh, uh, exposes their darkness. You feel me? Exactly. So, pe- so, so people pick their own circles. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like you got to run a, a dude off. A dude ain't gonna be around you if he can't shine with you. Exactly. So it's let me go ahead, brother. Simple. Thank you for so your everybody thoughts. pick their own lane. Go ahead. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna jump to um, Mark and Vaughn in that situation. So so as he was walking down, we know those guys exist, Nico. But right now, it's literally all in water. We don't mix in my eyes. Mark, any any idea of what she's saying? It, maybe they subconsciously are doing it, and they're in our circle. And, you know, again, they have they will have to be so obvious in their lie because we have these dialogues amongst the people that we're willing to rock with. Do you agree with that, or do you possibly see where she's coming from? So I get, I get a portion of what she's talking about, which goes against what I consider a quote-unquote good man, which has to do with an unintentional man, right? So I got my brother. I don't associate with my brother because I can't ask him how his son's doing, right? I know how his son's doing more than he knows how his son's doing, mm-hmm. uh, which if we can't talk about kids, then what makes you think I'm, I care anything about any romantic relationship that he has? Exactly. I'm not saying that these people don't exist. I'm saying that when you start, your life, you're, when you intentional, your life, your circle, and all of that get real small because you just don't have time for it. I don't have time to call my brother. Well, we don't have that discussion, so I don't make time to call my brother up to be bullshit. You know what I'm saying? He, he, my son is, his son is over my house more than 
he, I mean, more than he would see him in the next few years. But that ain't, it's me, it's up to me to, to use my intentionality towards that. I'm not trying to talk to Brick Walls. When it comes to, I guess, either what you're talking about with bird feeding or it's certain things that we're not going to escape because of the trauma we have. We just hope that the guys you're talking about going, the, the ones who want to operate intentionally, start going to therapy, start finding these blind spots where they're not healed, and then start doing that. But I, I had, a, I got a homie deeply in love with this, with this girl, or falling for her, or however it is. And we talk very candidly. I talk to my friends about finances, their personal life, their sex life, if they, you know, if they want to open up about that. And it's not just to be nosy. It is to help these guys, the iron sharpen iron type of ordeal. So I had to tell one of my homies, yo, all this is cool. Go to therapy or go back to therapy and stop talking to her like you're a pimp because you don't trust other women. And it wasn't – this guy, by all intents and purposes, thought he was operating in a very intentional way. But when he gets to himself, he don't talk positive to himself. So he gets mm-hmm. – when he's by himself and we're not around, he doesn't get the positive affirmation. He talks to himself based on his past hurt. And it is up to me to say, hey, bro, you're doing the right thing, but do this better. Do that better. You know what I'm saying? Like we, But I can't. I'm not walking up to everybody on my street, every man that I've ever encountered, those that I call associates. Like, I don't, I don't like being around men that I'm not accountable for. It's uneasy to me. And, and vice versa, they got to be able to check me too. So that's where we talk about good or, or intentional men making sure that the people that's around them they can vouch for. Now, listen, I can't tell you that my friend never sent a dick pic. I can't. I can tell you I ain't never received one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if he if he if he did it, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know about it because that's an intimate relationship, and I don't ask, "Do you send dick pics?" Like that's not. But the transparency that I do get, I make sure that he there's a level of cognition there when I talk to the guys that I associate with. I'm a, I'm gonna give you an example of how I got checked one time. I was about probably about 23 years old, 24 years old, and again. What I will it, what I've already admitted to you, Shanika, is we we have to mature into you know whatever you want to you know what we're talking about right now, right? And so my my same boys as we were going through this period, finishing up with finished college or whatever, and I was always the upfront, you know, while I wanted to be out there and you know dating different girls, I was the upfront guy, saying it off top upfront or whatever, and um, at the time. You know, they would have a girlfriend, if you will. And again, we haven't matured. We hadn't matured all the way yet, if you will. But they would have a girlfriend, and every now and then they might see somebody on the side or whatever. And so, as we were maturing, and you know, that, that wasn't something I did. So I called myself, addressing a couple of my partners, saying, "Hey, why y'all move like that?" You know, because here I am, forthright, that I ain't trying to have no girlfriend. That's how I was moving. They had a girl, and then I say, and they dip out a couple times type situation and I'm asking them why they move like that and this is the game they put me on and it never left me. They said um, so I would mess up and they said I would kind of have a main girl or whatever and but she knew I was open saying hey I'm not just seeing you or whatever but I would give all my time to my main girl and or whatever and so they said to me they says um, how is she moving with you? And she was a friend of mine. She was in college or whatever. I was already out of college. 
And I told her it was cool to, you know, date because that's what I'm doing. Um, for the most part, she was real committed to me, and they knew that. And they was like, you know she's committed to you, even though you tell her that. And they knew me for a number of years. They said, this is like the second or third time we've seen you do that. And so while you're being upfront and honest, at the end of the day, the, you move in a way that they get caught up with you. And so what you're really what you're doing really ain't no different than what we're doing. And I remember pushing back and fighting back on it, but the more I thought about it, they checked me as I went to check them. And this is in our this is in us trying to begin mature about moving from the way we moved at that time in which none of us moved that way now. But I'm just showing you that the circle that's how it thins out. We do have these dialogues. I'll be very interested to hear what Vaughn has to say about all this. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, man, this is a real good conversation. Uh, what you just said was very important. Uh, I, I agree with everything that that brother, I, I don't know his name, but the one right before you, I agree with everything he said. Mark. Um, what? You, yeah, Mark. Uh, but what you just said, I think, was really important from the standpoint that, thank you, um, that we consider ourselves living in our truth the way you were moving, you were being honest up front, um, but yet you were still hurting people. And so mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to when we talk about this F-boy energy or whatever, it comes down to constructive behavior or destructive behavior. The way you move and the way you carry yourself, is it is it building people or is it hurting or destroying people? Um, there, there are no, as far as I know, there are no F-boys in my circle. My circle is very small, and most of them are married men. And even the ones that aren't married uh, have aspirations to be married. So, um, but if there were, if they, I think though, even in that, because we we, we lack strong cultural uh, boundaries and guidelines that usher us toward manhood in healthy ways, most of us have to kind of arise if we ever do arrive. It's on our own, you know, and we take mm-hmm. cues from hip-hop and TV and, you know, but we're kind of figuring this thing out on our own. And most of us, look, man, I think human beings, we're just not, there are exceptions to the rule, right? But the overwhelming majority of us are not um, insightful enough to arrive at a constructive place in manhood where, on our own, without cultural boundaries. And so we're out here just kind of freewheeling it. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody thinks that they're right. Everybody thinks that they have the answers. But the, the reality is that the overwhelming majority of us simply don't. And so you got guys out here that, that are moving the way that you were moving, where you say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm being honest with these women. I'm not misleading nobody. Yeah, but you're still hurting people. Right. See? And so if you piss, if you're pissing in the pool that you expect to later get a wife from, that's not reasonable. You see? And the same thing, it's the same, something very similar is happening with our women. They're, they're doing something very similar, too. They, they're, you know, they're hurting guys and, and moving in ways that are causing destruction, too. So hey, I hope I answered the question. I'm kind of in and out because i got a lot going on, but I hope I answered No, 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 yeah, yeah. You can jump on and off as much as you need, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you can come on, you know, go on and off the one if you need to to let me know when you need to take a break or, like I say, but I appreciate you, brother. And um, Shanika, I'd definitely be interested. Obviously, you got three men on here. You're the only lady. So hopefully some ladies will call in and give us their three cents this morning. Uh, but we got a break in about a minute and a half. Uh, but any thoughts in hearing? Because I'm not surprised. And I gave you my real-life example of that maturing process, right? Again, cause, because I was forthright, I, I'm, I'm checking my circle. And my circle ends up checking me, and I never forgot it. And it moved me 
out of that space when I fully matured and stopped, as Vaughn just said, pissing in the pool that I wanted to get a wife from. And it didn't happen right away. I will admit that. it was, I, But I never forgot it because I remember it being the seed to me learning to move different as I got a little older because the reality was since that was my habit, I stayed in that space. I didn't move immediately, but my own boys checked me as I was checking them. And again, I'm proud of those brothers because I could now say, you know, they're you know they're happily married and don't move like they did when they quote unquote had a girlfriend. But if you've listened to this show long enough, then you know um, I now subscribe to you single till you married. And that's a whole different dialogue. But back then I believed in boyfriend, girlfriend, because I didn't know any better. Um, but your thoughts real quick, Queen, before we go to our next break. Is I'm, I, I took a, took about 30 minutes, seconds of your time. So you got about a minute before we go to get, um, just get a thought on you before we go to a different direction on this, on this discussion. Okay. A couple of things real quick. I, I just want to say um, I was on a podcast before with Vaughn and I always walk away with all types of nuggets. So I'm down here scrolling down everything. <laughs> He said, and I love the pissing in the pool that you expect to get a wife from. Um, I love that. Um, And, again, um, Montoya, I think that was great that your your circle was able to show you how you were being – thought you were being honest, but in the meantime, you were – you were hurting, hurting this young woman. And unfortunately, we women, young girls, are taught that this is what guys do. Just bear with it. Just weather the storm. So even even though she was weathering that storm, you know, certain things are being implanted in her mind that's going to come out later on down the line that when you all are ready to settle down in your 30s or 40s, she may act out in a different way as a result of that. So we just need to be mindful um, whether or not our behaviors are constructive or destructive. I love that, Vaughn. Thank you. Yep, and I'll say this and go to the break. And so the highlight of that was just I was just even showing you how the real life checking, even while neither neither one of us were where we needed to be, the checking was happening because we didn't want to be those type of men. Then we know there are men who never grow up like that the black talked about who stay in that space and that's all they ever do, if you will. But I was just showing you that even in us not knowing what we was doing, and we really were doing what Vaughn said when he said we kind of find our own way. And luckily my circle helped me with that because we did, even then we had the mind, mindset that we wanted to be good men. But of course we had to learn as we went wet as so, so, but the checking was happening in our circle, which quite often happens in circles. That's why I disagree with this idea that we don't check. Now, again, we can't check the men that are not in our circle, but I've never seen men not check each other, even those bad circles check each other on their bullshit, if that makes sense. They might believe some BS, but if somebody goes off script, they're on top of them. Anyway, we had the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um, this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. 
I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Blacks Academy. To learn more, visit them at blacks.academy online. That's B-L-A-X-E dot academy. Or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. Hey guys, this is the spot that one week ago, three black women were killed, two others injured in that horrific domestic violence incident. The alleged gunman, a 19-year-old man who was the boyfriend of one of the women shot. It's an epidemic that the local domestic violence agency here in Virginia Beach says is only getting worse. After the mass shooting in Norfolk, one that killed three women and injured two more, the hotline at the Samaritan House Domestic Violence Center surged in calls. Women so concerned looking at their own situation that they needed help. Women in color um, are killed at a disproportionate rate than any other race. The statistics are hard to swallow. Listen to this. According to the CDC, African-American women are three times more likely than white women to experience death as a result of domestic violence. 22% of domestic violence events ending in homicide are of African-American women. The CDC also says domestic violence is one of the leading causes of death for black women ages 15 to 35. The economic disparities, um, the ongoing discrimination, they're less likely to have um, the better jobs and economically don't do as well. Maybe they're dependent on their abuser more so than um, other races. Other reasons for the epidemic, according to experts with the Samaritan House, include fear of isolation, not knowing how to navigate the legal system, fear of arrest, and even skepticism of intervention and shelter services. But some of the reasons go back deeper. Because of the marginalization of black and African-American women here in the United States, um, due to historical discrimination, due to economic hardship, as well as social injustice. Um, reaching out for support and assistance to law enforcement um, has historically been something that has been very difficult. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, special guest co-host Shanika Peterson, special guest Mark Anthony from Black Men and Cigars, as well as Vaughn. The Love Alchemist, this morning's discussion question, do good men check fuck boys enough? And I wanted to change the direction of this conversation because I think it has to be a part of it when we hear stats like that. And I wanted to have this very honest dialogue because, again, I understood that um, the initial answer this morning was that good men don't check enough. And I'm thinking as we're going through this dialogue, the reality is, good men running a completely different circle than these F boys who, in my opinion, are probably the transgressors of a lot of those stats that you just heard. And I wanted to have an honest dialogue about what does checking them look like in a sense to limit those numbers. I think, I think we have a huge misunderstanding on what checking those type of men that looks like those type of men what it looks like because when we hear those alarming stats i think our mind automatically goes to there's this bunch of men that are causing a lot of problems um when in reality when you understand how crime happens 
and this is, it sounds dismissive if you've never thought about it this way, but when you really understand how crime happens, it's quite often a perpetrator who continues to commit plenty of crimes that ends up harming a large group, and that's not as that's not to let them off the hook at all. However, the comment usually goes broad-based as if we as African-American men allow that to happen. And I don't know men that allow that to happen. And, and I think we have a dialogue and think that's the smaller group, and actually they're the smaller group. When you hear me speak like that as a woman, Queen, um, Shanika, tell me, your thoughts. We've had some dialogue about this, but I'm very, very interested in how you receive what I just said in reference to those stats, because they are very real. They are very concerning to me. Let me say that as well. Um, and, and they have to be addressed. And before the end of this show, there is a way to address it. But when you hear me put it in the context that it's more good men who are not doing this, and it's a smaller group of fuck boys who are out here harming our sisters? How does that? How do how how do you receive that thought? Um, I, I I receive that well, and I do agree with you. And I'm not sure if you and I had this conversation before, but I have had this conversation with others whether or not some of these um, narratives that you know that are out there, whether it's a social media thing or if it's something that's actually taking place in the at the magnitude at which we think it's taking place. This particular conversation, I really do think um, it's, a so, it's more of a social media thing on those platforms that it seems to be um, a, a large conversation. I, I definitely agree it's not to the magnitude at which we think it is. I think social media gives um, small groups of people the ability to come together and speak with a bullhorn. Uh, Vaughn, I'll, I'll jump to you next. King, any thoughts? So, uh, again, because those are real-life stats. Um, again, I want to offer a solution later in the show, but what are your thoughts? Because, again, I agree with her on social media. A lot of hurt people um, blow it up to the degree that we, even as a culture, I think, buy into this idea that there's a lot of men that are perpetrating these real issues, and I'm very concerned about those sisters, but the idea of F boys or us as good men checking them, um, I, I unfortunately offer that's not as easy as we think it, it, it is. Your thoughts, King? Yeah, I agree that um, social media does give a bullhorn to the minority. Um, one in three, though, uh, I mean, uh, three times the rate, black women dying at three times the rate of other women, that, that's not a small number. And uh, yeah. so even though, yeah, so even though it might be a smaller percentage of the males, that's still a lot of males, unfortunately, because that's a lot of women dying. Um, it's scary, man. It's scary. But I, I think uh, the word that comes to my mind is values. You know, our value system um, lends to that type of behavior. Unfortunately, we don't value each other, and, and particularly since we're talking about women, we don't have a, a a value system that places our women in the in the, in the light in our minds that you know we look forward to them being the mothers of our children, carrying the future of our generation or, or the future of our race. You could say I've often made this kind of you know tongue in cheek analysis or parallel 
that if you take the same woman with the same body features and facial features and everything and make one of them dark-skinned and one of them white, that by default the white one gets valued higher than the darker-skinned one. And that's the programming. Mm-hmm. Like we, 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 we dealt with so much programming in this society that we don't even realize, most of us don't even realize that we've been programming. And so with that being said, we certainly don't have the cognition to pull ourselves out of that programming and then begin to reprogram ourselves in a way that would lead to more constructive behaviors. So there's a lot of things going on at one time, a lot of moving parts. Um, but overall, yeah, I agree that the, the bullhorn does get um, given to the, major- to the minority uh, but at the same time, it's still a, a big problem, I think. Right, and I'll and I'll still give some context to what you said. I'm gonna jump to let Mark go here, but just to still give some context, unfortunately, it ends up being a large number of women. But unfortunately, that is well, it's done by a smaller number of men. Like, like so I'm not happy the fact that it's a large number, like a, a number that that's unrelated that just gives the analogy, and it's because of the. You know, I like to give accurate numbers, but it's an anal- it's just I'm just using it as an analogy. But uh, 15 to 17 percent of black men impregnate 44 percent of the women. Like crime happens that same way as well. It's, mm-hmm. And so, so, so you just have to have that. So, so when we say it's a big problem, the big problem is to understand that yeah, those 15 percent being able to affect you know a one third or or, or you know, what is that, three-fifths or whatever the case may be, yeah, it's a big problem. And what happens is when you've been harmed, it's very natural to kind of have a, especially if you're a woman, and I absolutely um, understand this, it's hard if you've had an experience not to equate that to other men when you've had a traumatic experience. Mark, your thoughts? Again, I'm just, we're going somewhere else with this, but I wanted to set the stage as we continue this conversation because this has to be part of the conversation when we really understand as much as we would love to save every sister from that situation, it's it's not as simple as I think our culture thinks. Like a lot of people will say, no, we don't check F-boys enough, but don't realize as we've already started, it may sound like an excuse, but we literally are all in water. And in the moments that we have to check a F boy, I've never seen anybody that don't do it, but they don't receive it. Cause like Daryl Black said, they actually run from us. It's not us that run from them. Your thoughts, King. Um, I know this ain't a popular person I always reference, but Kevin Gates was talking about protecting his people. He was saying that um, if he got to go somewhere where he need a gun, he don't need to be there. The kind of the philosophy of, of I mean, he's talking good guys versus F boys, like, like uh, and the brother earlier was talking about, we get up and move out. No, we move to a place where we can have greater control over our protection. Um, yes. One of the things that I wrote down is that the, the question is, are we separating ourselves or are we isolating them? And I think oftentimes we do separate ourselves so we can't have that control. But I think isolation, as a man, I separate myself. As a man, I also encourage women to isolate those guys. And unfortunately, because women are sold a bag of goods called love and, and, and the emphasis on love tends to leave logic out, you see a lot of people get stuck in situations because of their love for a person because it's whether it's an obligation of family, whether it's an obligation of 
you know, somebody that you've given your heart to, you tend to stay in those situations out of love, even though you don't really receive it back. Um, and it has to do with self-love. You're going in and out, brother. You're low right now. I don't know if you're moving or something, but you're going in and out. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, so what I was talking about was, just to make it short, as as men, we just need to we need to separate ourselves and isolate those individuals, but our female counterparts do too, and not lean on love as a reason for staying in these situations with fuck boys once they are identified. I think once you isolate individuals, that's a great way to uh, change behavior because, and not to give accountability, but you can't allow that to happen to yourself. Um, but also the reason that we're not around to quote unquote either protect or whatever is because we're not in those spaces. So similar to we go out and move the situation that we put ourselves in. Also, women have to do that as well, and we have to be more healthy in the way that we engage with people, and even the desires that we have for other people. Yep. And and I'll say the unfortunate cycle that we've been through, we're at the top of the hour, so we're going to go to a break. But the unfortunate cycle is of, of, in a sense, having the lack of nuclear families over the last 30 or 40 years. Um, some of that they would have learned, in a sense, from their father, and a lot of them have not been able to have that relationship. So I even understand, I agree, that is what needs to be done. It's unfortunate that a lot of them weren't able to learn it from their father because that's part of the protection, right, teaching your daughter how to maneuver those circles. And, you know, like Bond said, a lot of us, boys and girls, men and women, are figuring this out on our own, and so it's led to some of the stuff that you're talking about. We're at the top of the break. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African-Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Uh, now let's get straight to the, the big news. The big news is Young Thug and Gunna, uh, they're indicted on some RICO charges. Um, when you see that, when you first saw that, what, what went to your mind? Uh, uh, 
good for the DA. You're good, good for that district attorney uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, that's going to utilize these two big name rappers to set, <laughs> to make an example out of, as well as set a precedent going forward. Uh, maybe these niggas will start writing about I Need Love, like LL Cool J used to write about, and, and change uh, the lyrics. Because what done happened in the rap industry, homie, is these lyrics are real-life situations. These lyrics are real-life circumstances. We are, we, are actually, we are actually bringing reality to rap, right? Uh, we bringing what we do in real life and putting it on the track as if that's cool. Almost like niggas selling dope from the phone, selling dope from the iPhone as if that's cool. Uh, I think about Jay-Z. I think about all those uh, high-level rappers that wanted to go to our government and asked our government to ban prosecutors in the state from using rap lyrics to be able to prosecute rappers. And I think that's the greatest harm if, 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 if came to pass, that would probably one, be one of the greatest harms done to our community uh, since the RICO charges. These guys are really talking about what they do in real life on these lyrics, no matter if it's selling dope, uh, their sexual activities, the drugs they use, the clothes they wear, the alcohol they drink, the cars they drive, the crimes they commit, the drugs they sell. It's almost like they make their rap lyrics as if it's their diary or their journals, but reading it out loud. And so now, uh, you hear everybody hollering gang gang, or uh, everybody down for catching the body. Uh, but what I seem to notice is, when, when they get their motherfucking ass, and they got to go to jail, them niggas scream and holler, I don't want to be here. It's in you, man. They got me with the roaches and the rats. Oh, I want to get out. They ain't so gangster. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shadika Peterson. This morning's discussion question, do good men check fuck boys enough as you hear a cut from Charleston White? I like to use him quite often. He's on fake cheese TV with that cut, uh, talking about this recent situation with Young Thug and Young Ghana, if you will, if you've heard or paid attention or even watched last week's show where I Last week's Just My Three Cents podcast, which is our live interactive video podcast we do during the week, and I highlighted that situation. And I thought it was appropriate, even though it that may not seem fitting, but it's appropriate uh, because if we're talking about do good men check F-boys enough, one of the areas that I see our community go back and forth about is some of what Charleston was talking about, which is the idea of the lyrics from these young rappers and things of this nature. And on my last broadcast, and I wanted to get y'all thoughts on this because I wanted to, in a sense, hold the culture to task because quite often, I'm not saying Charleston was doing this. I, I, I agree with him very much. I highlighted and was, in a sense, proud of the DA because 
I'll say this real quick. I challenge the hip hop community, which I'm very much a part of. I love hip hop. I'm the same age as hip hop. It's, it's, it's my soundtrack to my life. But I challenge the hip hop community, the older ones like my age, to grow up and, and, and see it that way. If these, for example, this YS, YSL gang was is you know literally doing the crazy things that they were charged of, then let's rid ourselves of that. As I, as if, if I give you the numbers, they're literally the 1% of the 1% that are creating a bunch of crimes, you know, compared to, uh, you know, a one-on-one domestic violence situation. Again, not okay with those either. However, that, that blanket gets put on the black community. In reality, it's these gangs who are, who are anti-culture, who are individualistic in what they want to do. Yes, let's rid ourselves of them. But what we quite often do when we talk about hip-hop is we simply blame the artists who may come from that. And a lot of times we stop there. So when we ask this question, do we check F-Boys enough, we'll stop at, yeah, look at what the artists are rapping about. I'm not even tripping. Again, I... If, if YSL, Young Slime Life, or whatever, if they did all this stuff, please lock these guys away. However, I will say, since if that's really his life, I don't know what else I would ask him to rap about. And I'm, I'm going deep here. It's not, and I'm, I'm for a reason. I don't know what else I would ask him to rap about if that's really his life. But as a culture, we blame the lyrics and stop there. If we're going to check F-Boys, it can't simply be look at what the rappers are talking about. I, I'm, I want to go deeper, but I want to hear if y'all see where I'm going right now. Um, whoever wants to jump in first, jump in on that. Don't y'all go uh, so did, did I lose you? <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. Um, I get real conflicted when we start talking rap. Because I see the influence, um, and then it's also a chicken of the egg type type ordeal. Um, just like when we start talking about the reasons that people go to jail, it, our our culture needs to be reset. Black the black culture needs to be reset, and that's not a just a blanketed statement. There's no one way to do it. Um, it's a situation that we have very little control over, which is the way that our communities are governed. And it doesn't seem like we're moving in the right direction because we are moving towards, we are not even as a, as a community and then as a, as a, as a country, we're moving towards individualism, which takes away accountability from groups, which takes away from communal things, which takes away from the ability to build together. So essentially what we have is a worsening, of our circumstances, the more we get into these individualistic mentalities. Um, Rap music is a component of it. I don't think when uh, just because someone is killed or violence happens, it's due to rap music. But I also understand as kids grow up, you hear they want to either play ball or rap because those are the things that they think that they have the ability to do. And that oftentimes they try to assimilate those lifestyles. And then, you know, once you circle back and look at people look at the rappers, but they don't look at the stories about the people that came out of jail or it's just a, it's a void in the community. And you just have to figure out how you can um, maintain some dominance and show bravado, even in the poor spaces. Um, 
I have I don't I don't even know how to transition that except for the fact that uh it it it's a bittersweet very much kind of how you were saying I I was raised on rap music but I do and and I know that for a lot of people there is the separation of the reality and not but when you're talking about a community like impoverished communities void of leadership void of these things these are the men that they are seeing and taking to and want to assimilate to and it's also the only opportunity some of them see as their way out of these impoverished situations um and i do think that there is some contribution to like being a fuck boy and things like that because there's no balance in the messaging that comes from another direction to say hey this ain't got to be your life this is just music etc cetera, etc cetera. No, absolutely. I think yeah. J. Cole said it best when he, uh, he was in, um, I think he went to Peterson or whatever. And, you know, J. Cole, if you're familiar with him, he's, he doesn't, in a sense, have a lot of lyrics on the gangster type stuff or whatever. But he says, hey, um, until you change the environment, what do you expect? And I, and I love that thought because I'm, I'm liking, I want to challenge our culture to not lay it at the feet of the artist because I would say it's a cop-out for us as a culture to, that the lyrics are doing. And it's not me just trying to fight for the lyrics because they do have influence. And I've I, I done shows about the psychology of not, you know, sharing these lyrics with young children before a certain age because there are studies that show the damage that they can do. So it's not me blanketing and just taking up for hip-hop but I'm calling out the culture for laying it at the feet of the artist when we've provided them the, as a tool, not we, but in a sense, as a culture, a lot of them, we've provided them these environments that they rap about. We got a caller that wants to get in. Area code 912, last three, 913. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Yeah, that was me, brother. I had to call back in. Oh, okay, no problem. Oh, okay, got you back in. But yeah, you can go ahead and jump yeah. in if you got a thought, if you've been catching what we're talking about. Well, I will say this, man. I think that one thing that that this country is really, really good at is war. Okay, mm-hmm. this country rarely, if ever, loses at war. And with where hip hop is right now, and with what hip hop is doing, the impact that it's having, um, I don't know that it can be described as anything other than warfare. And and when you look at the fact that we don't control hip hop, yeah, we're consumers of it, but we're not even the largest consumers of it. So many of these, I was listening to the brother Wise Intelligent, uh, hip-hop artist who used to be with the Poor Rights of Teachers, and he was talking about how these record execs, they won't even allow certain music to be played. So they, the, much of what we see in hip-hop is, is marketing, and they're marketing an idea that's so powerful that even when children have, when they come from successful families and they live out, they say they move out, they escape the hood, they move out to the suburbs, they, the, the message is so powerful and so attractive that they want to emulate hood behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so you have every other culture that looks to run away from the degenerates of their society, whereas even the, the affluent among us look to emulate the degenerates of our society, and they're marketing these images to the whole world, so much so that when you show up in Thailand or Japan or anywhere outside of the United States as a black male, and even as a black female, you have to prove that you're not what's been marketed. You see? That's real. So I don't – and so, I, you know, when it comes to talking about what we as a community have to do, 
that's some heavy ass lifting, and I don't think our shoulders are that broad, man. So no, no other culture, no other group of people have to fight against the such mass marketed messages that promote um, the degenerates of, of within their community or the low, the lowest of the low within their the way that we do. Right. So what happens is, what happens is, well, I'm gonna go to another break here. For anybody that wants to get in, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. And so what happens is, we're doing a good job of identifying this attack. And so uh, the dialogue always drops off at, you know, what can we do? There is something that we can do since we know the attack, because when it initially started, we were unaware of it. But once you become aware, there are things you can do. We'll come start talking about that as we come back for break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Emoreg Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoreg Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at emoregedbs.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emoreg Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. You want a man to turn up for your ass. <laughs> and there's a history of disrespect. Like, come on, man. That's not even realistic. He not thinking beyond his feelings initially. He thought the G.I.J. Man, that dude is, man, come on, man. Them cat, that cat is clearly unstable, man. And he clearly needs to have a conversation with somebody about that. And it don't need to be on red table talk for us to judge. But we applauding this shit. But if that shit would have happened at a barbecue in the Grove or in Oak Cliff, y'all know how that would have turned out. Y'all know how that would have turned out. Come on, man. Somebody slapping me like that, it's going to be some furniture moving. Like, straight up. It ain't going to be no composure to keep. But that's the message we send into our boys. That's the message we send into our men. Turn up. Take the, the, the 20 seconds of your life 
and make a decision that can impact you for the rest of your life. You see, at the Grammys, it's a little bit, or wherever it was, the awards is a little bit controlled. You in a setting with all these folks, yada, 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 I get it. That shit would happen in the hood, and Buddy would have pulled out that thing and let that thing go because he felt disrespected. Then what? Now you got two people that's one's probably gone forever and one's going to be gone forever. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the message that we send it is okay. And then you hide it in the protect black women uh, narrative, which is bullshit. Because the, the, the average black man is going to protect his wife or his woman to the death. But we also understand what restraint is. We also understand situational, uh, circumstantial situations, right? And me and Yana, me and Yana go to comedy shows all the time. And cats be going in on everybody in the front row, including us. If I get up and haul off and still off on a comedian because he make a joke about a Yana, what the fuck does that say about me? What does that say about me? Y'all gonna be clapping for me? Hell no, you ain't gonna be clapping for me. You're not gonna be talking about how stupid I am. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Shadika Peterson, special guest Mark Anthony, Black Man and Cigars podcast, as well as Von Alchemist, the love alchemist is on the line with us as we hear brother Tim Jackson, the dialogue uh, highlighted, obviously, when the Will Smith situation happened, but I thought it was appropriate, again, for nuance in this dialogue uh, where that brother says, which I think even Shanika agree with. I was definitely hoping to get some women on today. Um, y'all, please call in the ladies if you're out there listening. 646-787-1691. You know, let us know if we on track or off track with it. Uh, but uh, when that brother just pointed out that the average black man does these things, again, I think you've even agreed to, you know, with that, uh, uh, Shanika. But it's just, a, in a sense, to push back on the narrative when we say do good men check F boys enough. And I thought the big nuance is what does that look like for someone who would as, and I'll, I'm going to share another cut from Tim where he clearly talks about having to protect his wife. And so when I say there's an answer out there for the war that's going against us, what happens is I would offer we're even with the cultural war, that it, as, as you say, Bun, I wouldn't disagree that there is a war, right? With with that marketing and stuff, I do agree with you there. Uh, you know, that's an attack. It, anytime we have these dialogues, there's never a disagreement amongst the culture that, in a sense, very intentional, if you will, to make, break up the black family. We know that's the history. And so... Um, with that being done, we're living out the results. It is very difficult, and I feel you on the idea of, in a sense, having to shoulder this with uh, obvious attack coming at us. What I will say is one of the biggest ways to combat this obvious war is to return to having families, which is something that I talk about all the time. However, we have bad messaging around the idea of what that looks like. And we've had some dialogues about this, Vaughn, that because of our dysfunction, we're trying to create these other ways other than a tried and true method that has been very favorable. For example, we'll talk about marriage, if you will, and the issues for our culture under the European construct. Well, that European construct where the issue is, is how the European construct of marriage places this woman. 
which we can all agree that's some BS. But what we've done now in our dysfunction, we actually desecrate the concept of marriage and and have de- decided that a monogamous marriage, if you will, is the construct, not just the mistreatment of their women, which is why white women, if you will, had to have the feminist movement because of how their construct sees that dynamic. That's the reality of the issue within that construct, and we were mistakenly over romanticize, you know, the fact that our ancestors. I'm on a, a, a I'm on my soapbox right now, and y'all can jump in in a second. But we we romanticize, if you will, in our dysfunction, the fact that a lot of our ancestors, in a sense, that were brought here during the transatlantic slave tra- trade, they had, you know, unfortunately, been enslaved by the Muslims years prior to that. So some of them did come here. Um, you know, practicing Islam to the degree that we know um, polygamy is allowed in Islam, but we don't go look at the specific history and find out how very few men ever practice polygamy, even in the Islamic culture. And so we'll romanticize it and say, hey, we need to have polygamy because the, the numbers are out of whack. There's way more men. Those numbers are always false. Like Atlanta, there's 1.1 woman to one man right now, but I grew up believing that was 12 to 1 because that was the myth I heard when I was in high school and and really believe that. But it's, and let me let me clarify that number, 1.1 to one man from ages 15 to 45, which are considered the years you would get coupled, if you will. Once you add in older women, that number goes up because, hey, our sisters live longer than we do. But if you think about the ages in which we would try to have a family, the numbers are not out of whack. And I've looked, researched this to the point, um, thanks to um, to give credit to the brother where I get the numbers from. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, brother out of Howard University, he's the dopest with these numbers. So I'm just regurgitating his stuff. I don't want to take no credit for, for his work. Um, but the, in the biggest chocolate city, there's a 1.3 to 1 difference. Not no 2 to 1, not no 3 to 1. And that's including the men that go to prison. Like, we really play around with those numbers to come up with these dysfunctional ideas when the nuclear family will come back, will combat a lot of these attacks. Like, even your example, Vaughn, of, yes, growing up in a good family home and seeing people that are out in the suburbs wanting to live out that message. And the unfortunate reality is because there's not enough families, the way community works is you would have a family your community will reinforce what you learned at home and your school will reinforce it. And so that's what it Mm -hmm. typically takes to create value. So you're absolutely right. I was that kid at college chasing hip hop um, ideas at hip hop. I talked about that on my show recently. I was, I didn't come from a two parent home, if you will, but I still came from a good enough village to where I shouldn't have been chasing those ideas, if you will. I didn't chase them enough to get in trouble or anything, but the fact that they were part of my value system, that that's weak. So you're right about that. If we had more families, because at the end of the day, what's been proven through psychology is your biggest influence, as long as they're involved in your life, will be your mother and father. You won't take all of their influence, but even up against this attack, and we see it right now play out in families, that they're the outcomes for healthy families, mother and father, is doing just fine from an aggregate. And so if we could put good 
language around marrying marriage again, which is something that you push for, Vaughn. If we could improve the language, because we've made this huge mistake of thinking marriage itself is the issue with the dysfunction, not realizing we're dysfunctional, not understanding the purpose of marriage, and we blame marriage, not the dysfunction. Your thoughts, King, because I know this is your space. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree with everything you said, and even to the point where um, that marketing, going back to the clip where Will Smith did what he did, um, the programming and the marketing around that was, was effective enough to confuse us about what manhood is. How should we even move as men? Like so many of us are so confused at this point in society. And, and this, is, this just kind of boils down my point about the importance of cultural values. So uh, because that all but eliminates confusion. And then when you have the rearing of the heads of, you know, the occasional F-boy, when you have strong culture in place, the men of that culture are able to enforce that culture. And then they can bring that young man and say, hey, young man, this ain't how you move. Or even if it's a couple of them, hey, this ain't how we move. And then we're able to correct that much more effectively than what we have now, which is being overran, it seems, by F-boys. So I agree with you completely. Uh, Shanika, the lady on the show, any thoughts about, again, I, ju- I jumped on my soapbox on purpose because it's like I, it's, I always say we got to – the marketing has to be in reverse, and we're in a p- space now where we can reverse it by starting out to have better message – better messaging. It has to start there. Like, even though the word marriage doesn't have good context, if we're honest, in our culture right now. So we can never, it can never have good context if we don't start talking about the benefits of it and being honest about the success. Because what we do is we run to the bad marriages to prove that marriage ain't shit. But if I show you step-parent situations, if I show you cohabiting situations, if I show you single father and single mother situations, why you can have good families out of all those situations. But if you compare them in aggregate, it's never even close. So what people do is make apples to oranges comparisons. They look to the bad marriages and look at the great single mother. They look at the great step-parent. They look at and, and don't realize if you compare that to great marriages, those in aggregate don't compare. That's the dialogue, and it can be the the, the, the the first defense against a very concerted attack on our community that we all admit exists, but we never dialogue about the solution. We keep putting Band-Aids on it, in my opinion. We're almost we're actually up against the break, but I'm going to let you get a thought before I go to this break. Go ahead, Queen. Okay, just real quick. At the beginning of the conversation, I did write down how are fuckboys created? And then to extend the conversation, we've been talking about the symptoms of everything that's wrong in our community. Going back to the source, um, what Vaughn said earlier, the lack of cultural boundaries, the messaging um, that we use in order to just build communities, it's it's not there. It's not a solid foundation. It's very disjointed. And I agree with both of you in that if we start focusing on that source and and, and do it in a healthy way and just kind of come together um, and be intentional, and I think that intentionality is missing across the board. I think we're in survival mode and not being very intentional. 
um, I, I think we can see some of these numbers start to change. I agree. It can't. Yep, absolutely. And it can't until this one thing becomes family has to become important again. And we don't get that. We don't get how making it family important would now force us to get into position to do that again. We're 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 healthy we're kind of, Can I healthy families? Healthy families. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't be talking no other way because at the end of the day, we're we're trying to big up the survival families that have done well, which is okay. But the reason we don't have cultural value is because you get that in family. We try to come up with band aids. You should be checking, holding, holding each other accountable. It's hard to hold another grown man accountable, but I mentor children in an after school program because I got a better chance. But the reality is, we ha- we don't have a, we we don't have enough families to where even the good brothers can't catch all these boys. That's a reality that we never accept. We really think we can hold each other accountable to get right again. Accountability is learned within family and built through values of culture. And so we're trying to do it without family and having arguments about it. It's crazy. We'll be right back listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um, this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Blacks Academy. To learn more, visit them at blacks.academy online. That's B-L-A-X-E dot academy or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. Fellas, learn conflict resolution. Fellas, learn verbal judo. Fellas, learn how to pull somebody to the side and let them know you'll beat their ass behind your gal. And y'all handle that shit one-on-one. You ain't got to bring everybody in your shit. That was an emotional outcry last night. Even when you saw his response, keep my wife's fucking name out your mouth. (laughs) That was an emotional response right there. We always, always, always regret the decisions that we make based on emotion. I will protect my wife, man. Anybody know me, man? They know I would I would die for my family. I would die behind my family, like straight up. If my family is in imminent danger and I need to do what I need to do, if I need to protect my family, hey, it is what it is. That wasn't it last night. That wasn't it. That was sucker shit. This was what it was. That was some sucker shit. And this, is pres- this is setting the precedent that black women... Not the community as a whole or off limits. I don't know about that. I don't know about that one, man. I I, I don't know about that one. I don't. I, I'm not gonna. I I don't know about that. I, we we can agree to disagree with that because black men protect and defend their women. That's that that is a false narrative created by black feminism 
to perpetuate black men as being, you know, just this one person. I disagree with that, man. I disagree with that. I don't have no homeboys that... And here's the thing with that statement right there. Is that the statement based on if black people do something to you or if other people do something to you? You know what I'm saying? Because what we saw last night was just some nigga shit. That's, that ain't nothing. That's why he didn't get in trouble. That's why he got a chance to go stand up there and give the award out. That white folks just looked at him and said, oh, just two niggas being niggas. That, that, that wasn't defending. Because you saw, and, I, and I'm not, I, you know, y'all, I'm an independent. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. So I'm not trying to make this political. But you saw what it was last week in those Supreme Court hearings, right? They don't give a fuck about, <laughs> they don't give a fuck about black women. <laughs> Regardless of if they agree with their politics or not. Like, come on, man. That's, that's, white people don't give a shit about that kind of shit. They don't. That's not going to change their mind. Ain't going to change their mind. Today, we we still gonna see black women getting their ass beat when they go buy go to the uh to the hair stores. We still gonna see it. it it's just not gonna change their mind. That's just my opinion. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest Sneaker Peterson, special guest Mark Anthony, as well as Von. The love alchemist. Mark, I'm going to let you say something before I go to Brother Pianchi out there on the line from St. Louis. Um, I know you've been kind of waiting for a while. Any thoughts about maybe the cut that you just heard? And I, I got to just, again, just putting things in perspective. And I agree with Tim that men do do this. And it, what you're going to consistent. this is what something people never realize. is like I, I'm not making an excuse that we don't hang with the F-boys, but we really don't. And if you try to, they're going to run from it. And, again, that's not just an excuse. I'm really pushing for this idea that that's how you would check them when the reality is you really only have influence over your children and the youth. You give them value so that they never become fuckboys. That's where a culture is built, and we have everything else is a Band-Aid, in my opinion. Your thoughts, and I'm going to go to Brother Pianchi. No, I, I absolutely uh, agree with you, and and uh, just to put the emphasis on that, um, I remember when I used to listen to Dr. Umar heavy in my pro-black journey, and uh, you know, though though I don't feel the same way, and I have my views on it. One of the things he said is sometimes you he said exactly what you said. He's like every everybody. You can't start with the grown ass men. You can't start with people that are cemented in their own ideas about how they think things are going to go. You can't you, – and, and at the same time, look, I say niggas go nig, and when you think they're done, they're going to renege. It's just <laughs> like that for grown people. And so you do have to start with the kids. Uh, my, my podcast host, we both do mentoring, but he does it with a very different demographic than what I do. He does it with at-risk youth. He does it with, with individuals that are just out of prison or on probation. I actually focus more on the individuals who have gone to college, uh, kind of need guidance navigating through this world in that regard. And neither one of us are wrong, but there's, there's the emphasis is still on the children. Though I do take up adult mentors, the, the interesting thing is 
They don't listen. They're gonna do what they're gonna do what they want to do, even when they seek you out. Because we're talking about habits that have been cemented at times thirty plus years. Well, how about let's do it when somebody wants to look for knowledge, wants to grow, is a sponge, is a canvas, and then we can start trying to defer it that way. And then going back to another point you made, the notion of having a value for marriage and getting married is definitely important because when you're having these discussions, you can, when you're moving in sync with somebody, y'all can have a greater level of influence as opposed to me walking up to a woman and telling her, hey, man, don't be dealing with these fuck boys. Like that's a, that's a, they're going to be like, who the fuck are you? Like you don't have, the first thing you hear oftentimes if y'all not really close friends is you're not my man. I have no, you have no authority to even speak in my life. And those are conversations that are actually happening because we do want to give our, I mean, even though, even here we're giving our opinion to people who have no attachment to us. These are viewers and listeners and, and uh, at most associates, but you got to establish that authority and that relationship first before you try to do these things. And that's with adults and kids. Yeah, I got a great example I want to share. I'm going to get the brother Piaki here. Um, let me go ahead and get that brother in. Brother Piaki, what you got for us, King? Well, good morning, man. I tell you. <clears throat> I was listening to your show and doing other things. But I'm going to call in to uh, support you on your statement about a family. There's always a basis that's a starting point for the creation of anything, whether it's great or whether it's mediocre, whether it's building a house, you have to have a good foundation. If you're building a car, you got to have good framework. And if you're going to have a good society, a society has to consist of functional families. And you know what a functional family is, a mother and a father. You know what the criteria for them, those children, something that has been tried, proved, and tested practically throughout all mankind. There were rudimentary ways on which it was carried out as far as education is concerned. You know, human beings first observing nature and animals, they, that was their first teachers. Right. So the child has to go through the educational process. The child has that education process and be part home, family, and also into the institution. The child hopefully will get married, have the assets that the society is known to desire. Then guess what? The process is repeated all over again with them having children. Exactly. That's what you call sustaining, sustainability. So when you get away from that, then things begin to fall apart. It's just like these, hey, it's like a wheel on a bicycle. You got the hub. And have you ever noticed all those spokes that go out to the perimeter of the wheel? Mm-hmm. The perimeter of the wheel is the world. And if your child leaves that hub and goes out the route of one of those spokes to the perimeter of the wheel, which is the world, and have problems, they can always come back to the hub, lick their wound, get encouraged, and head out again. Thank you very much, Montoya. Nah, thank you for that three cents. Always excellent, uh, Brother Pianti. 
I just I I I know this is a message that's probably starting to become a running theme, but I just and and then I agree with you, Mark. Like you say, people here they're not attached to us, so the goal is really just to lay a seed that somebody can think about and do something with. I think as a hip hop generation, I think we absolutely owe it to the youth to honestly assess what we've done and say, hey, we we messed this up. And then, and when I say we messed it up. It's partly because of what, you know, happened prior to us with the previous generation. But if somebody doesn't – if we don't say it as a culture, we're going to keep rationalizing it and, uh, and keep allowing the youth to figure it out on their own. And I always say – I never say these kids today. I say these adults today, you know, and to point out, you know, like you said, how you have to build that relationship. The best example I've ever seen of it, and I've been mentoring most of my life, um, but the best example I've ever seen is I'm going to highlight this brother, Mark K.D. Boyd and Casey Vennon with um, Helping Empower Youth. Uh, remember, we had that situation with the Water Boys here in Atlanta. And they they were very, um, that group was very vital in ensuring that the police didn't just start ripping those boys off the corners because they was labeled a nu- nuance, a nuisance, if you will, during the pandemic. And there was this big fear that they were going to start just arresting them, which they did start, but they played a role in stopping it. But I remember when I went out there with Helping Empower Youth the first few weeks, it was weird to me because I was so used to mentoring kids. And when you get introduced to kids, you're going, you know, you're going to start trying to impart wisdom. Well, I'm following following their lead because, hey, this ain't my group. And the first three weeks, Mark, we just gave them pizza and just hung out. We saw all kind of stuff we didn't like. I didn't get it, but I'm following the lead of the, the leader. About the fourth week, we talked a little more. By the fifth week, the kids was rocking with them hard. But some of the people we brought in those first few weeks kept wanting to talk to the kids, pull your pants up, this kind of stuff. You can't establish a dialogue with that. When I always say this, when I see organizations that's bragging about that they make kids pull their pants up, I know that organization is not winning. I know they're not winning. I deal with kids every day and they're not building the report. And I'm highlighting that because today's discussion is do good men check F boys? And the reality is in a moment, but a moment doesn't stand. That's why our circles become what they are. They become people that, as Mark said at one point earlier, that can hold me accountable as well because that's the circle I want to be in. I want to be a better man. While I don't want to be, and I always like to highlight this because this is so unfortunate, back to that war that Vaughn talked about, when you see a situation on the Internet, which I always tell people from the psychology, avoid watching videos of African-Americans being harmed in any form, any fashion, whether that's the Buffalo shooter stuff, turn it off before you watch it. I know it's natural to want to watch it. But highlighting this show particularly because, again, I love black women to death, never want to see one harmed, but when there's been those times where those videos, I'll never forget this one where some guy ended up hitting this sister with a a, a, a a skateboard. Couldn't believe it just because she wouldn't talk to him. And none of the young men did anything about it. And so if you are a black woman seeing that, and as Shanika and all of us agree, they perpetuate certain things on the Internet. So when you're watching and seeing that and you see a group of boys not do anything, that feels like, Look how our black men act. They don't protect us. When I, and if you understand what we've been talking about today, when I see those moments, I know that's the all. 
that they whole circle is men that would do that for that boy to think he could get away with that in front of other men. Because I promise you, I don't know Vaughn outside of this internet thing, but I bet you money. If he ever saw a man that was in his circle, his boys would beat that ass. And his boys know that, but we don't. We really run all in water. It's not an excuse. It's an understanding. And you raise your children to be all, all in water and get away from that. They, they, you raise them to say, hey, son, grow up sooner than your peers. Get focused sooner than your peers. Because when we figure it out on our own and learn from the streets, you do stuff like I did when my boys checked me. I thought me being honest was enough. I, you can't fault me when I didn't know better. But luckily, my boys checked me. It should have been my dad. That's just keeping it a book. All right, y'all. I'm on, I know I'm on my soap, soapbox today, so I mean, y'all can jump in anywhere y'all want. Go ahead. I think one thing that we got to do, man. I, let me say this first. I, I, I appreciate your show so much, man. Um, you just you touch on so many things that are, that I think are integral parts of of what it means for us to heal and evolve beyond where we are right now. I think one of the steps, important steps in that process, is we got to begin emulating success. Like, yes. so one of the things that I was listening to Kevin Samuels a while back, rest in peace, and he made this comment that women should be excited like a dog or a child when their husband comes home. Now, as much as I love to see the excitement on my woman's face when I come home, he left out a, a very key part of that equation. Your woman ain't just organically happy to see you regardless of how you treat her or regardless of the relationship that you have with her. That's a, that's a, that's a relationship rooted in reciprocity. And so in order for you to experience that joy on your woman's face when you come home, she has to literally be happy about you coming home. Right. But I go back to my earlier years. Look, I go back to the earlier years in my marriage where when I used to come home from work, it used to make my wife's stomach hurt. I'm pulling up in the driveway. And now she literally asks me regularly, hey, why don't you just stay home from work today? Just because she want to kick it with me. So it's a whole different dynamic. And so when I, when I talk about emulating success, looking at people who are, are doing the thing that you claim that you want, whether it's a successful marriage, whether it's being a carpenter, you have to study success because success leaves clues. And, and, but what's happening is we get these people with all their pain, their hurt, and their trauma, their unhealed, unresolved resentment, and they're the ones with the bullhorn. They're the ones that are often very charismatic, and people are gravitating toward them as if they have some sort of plan, um, but they really don't. Kevin Samuels, right. for instance, I, I don't mean to you know, harp on him, but the point is he doesn't know. He has never experienced what a successful relationship feels like because he's never been in one. He's got two failed marriages, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas, you know, when I hear him say things like that, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true, kind of. But, one, I don't equate my wife to a child or a dog. Let's start there. <laughs> and then Absolutely. secondly, the other part of that equation, which is critically important, is that she has to, you have to sow into her in ways that allow her to even experience that level of excitement when you come home. So emulate success. That's the point I'm making. Whether it's me no, or, it. or, you know, even if it's not me, I don't care. Find somebody. Go ahead, brother. No, I love it. And I, I definitely – want to continue to get to know you because I, I haven't pulled that off yet, but I definitely want to have a family and I love what you do. I learn from you. Um, Shanika, um, any thoughts? I would just love to hear your thoughts. Cause again, I, I know people hearing some of what I'm saying today, 
can, it can feel triggering because it sounds like I'm making an excuse for what why good men don't check fuck boys. But I'm really trying to get us past just leaving the conversation there. I'm I'm trying to get us past the com- leaving the conversation at you know the uh, the rap artist this. I'm trying to get us past this is the attack on the family because we typically don't go past it. We don't have good dialogue about the one thing that would that would help us combat it, regardless of the attack. We rarely have good conversations around how do we figure out to have healthy families. We don't even know how to have that dialogue. So I harp on it because it is actually the fix. It's a, it's a Band-Aid for the after-school program I have, the Big Brothers and Big Sisters program here in Atlanta that has a bunch of children, so many children, the men can't mentor them. That's a reality I know from being a part of that. It's like we've created this big circle of non-families to the extent that we can't keep solving it with these band-aids and we won't own the fact that it is a band-aid. We refuse to own it because we're still trying to rationalize that what we're doing is okay. It's human nature to do that. It's time to be more honest in my opinion. Your thoughts, Queen? I just want to thank each of you because I think collectively um, each of you have given some great, great remedies or um, ways in which we can start to change this dynamic that we are experiencing right now. Um, and, and it goes back to, you know, just being intentional, being intentional. And I think the way the world is set up right now, it just has everybody in, um, again, survival mode, just being individualistic, just trying to get what they can, just trying to maintain. And I think if we go back to that collective, go back to the community, go back to the family and being intentional, um, Vana, you talked about the lack of cultural boundaries. Like as a culture, what are we doing? What are we doing and what are we trying to accomplish? Um, and moving together in order to accomplish those goals as a community, I think, um, I think that's the resolve. And, and each of you hit on it. Mark? Um, so, Tanika actually just took exactly what I was going to say, and so I'll just add on to it a little bit. I think that um, I'm, I'm very big on, like, personal accountability. So um, first start with yourself, right? Like, uh, the for men who live unintentionally, you got to start. If you do identify yourself as a man, you have to start identifying those blind spots within yourself that uh, create disparity between who you are and what you believe and and what's keeping you from that uh, intentionality. That, and then also look at who you're around. You know, be be intentional not just about yourself, but who you align yourself with. Because if, you, if you're around people that can't check you, if you're around people that you can't check that's beyond reproach, you know, you've got to kind of uh, analyze that and ask yourself, is that going to contribute to growth? Um, it's very easy, especially when you talk about dating and relationships, to say how women ain't shit and how men ain't shit. But, and this goes for the ladies too, like how intentional are you about the people that you meet? Um, just shortly, like I was uh, I was doing online dating or whatnot and uh, like uh, with dating apps. And my homegirl, and I had a horrible look. They had me questioning myself. I felt a little insecure, like what what the fuck is going on? And what I realized, and my homegirl talked to me, and she was like, get off social media or get off online dating. Like, that ain't cute. That's not how you socialize. That's not how you network. 
That's not how you get the best out of people. And I was like, all right. So she challenged me to do that for about a month, and I ain't in a, I ain't I ain't did it. I ain't do it for a month, but immediately, like the first uh, social environment I went in was everything that I wanted it to be in terms of not even like finding a life partner or whatever, but just communicating with people in a way that felt mm-hmm. natural, that felt humanistic. Mm-hmm. And it changed my perspective. Damn near instantly, it gave me a boost in my own ego. It gave me a boost in like some reassurance. Um, and that's just what happens on a small scale of when you operate intentional. And then, of course, you know, Miko and I, we, we documented our, you know, journey or whatever from, when we wasn't making money until we made a little money, I'm still broke. Don't don't let nobody tell you nothing different. But <laughs> but what it, what we did was stopped everything and started being intentional. And you will start seeing your life change when you start allowing, start modifying who you are. Start having a healthy image of yourself, and then start putting up, being your own gatekeeper. Who who's who are you allowing to be? near you? Who are you actively putting yourself near? Are you a compliment to the people that you admire? And do you have healthy images of men, women, healthy relationships? Like those things are going to dramatically change the way you interact with people, the people that you receive and the way that people receive you. And it all starts with that level of intentionality. No, I love it. And I'm going to say this for some um well, before I say my closing thoughts, let me make sure y'all get out y'all public information. Um, Shanika, I'll start with you. Anything that you want to put out publicly, kind of make it quick so I can give a quick final thought as well. But go ahead, Queen. Thank you for coming on today. And, and thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's always a pleasure to um, be on the podcast with you. I just want to thank – I'm happy that I was able to be on the podcast with Mark Anthony and Vaughn. Um, whereas we podcast before and they're very insightful and it's just a pleasure to be on with just intelligent men having intelligent conversations. So I thank you. Um, you can find me. We'll talk with people to be. We're actually back on, <laughs> um, back to podcasts and you can Google us on all the streaming platforms. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Mark, any public information you want to give out? Yes, yes, y'all can find me on uh, Black Men and Cigar Podcast on Instagram, also on Patreon, and also on YouTube where y'all can find our clips and our full pages. You can also find me at Mark Anthony on Facebook, uh, or you can find me out here in the street, the west side of Atlanta. I'm somewhere. I nah, love it. Um, Vaughn, any um, public information for you as well, King? Yes, sir. I uh, do a weekly podcast, or it's not even podcast yet, but on Facebook Live and YouTube on my page, Von the Love Alchemist, Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, if, you, if I said anything that you think is valuable or you would like to work with me, you can email me at info at theconditionsoflove.com. My website is www.theconditionsoflove.com. We just came out with a, a fly new children's coloring book, um, promoting black children's images. I think I, I haven't seen that yet, uh, but my wife and I wanted to put something together where black children can begin taking pride in themselves. So, um, of course, my relationship book is on, on my website. Well, you can get all those on Amazon, though. Just go to Amazon. All right, thanks a lot, King. Thanks for coming on. Um, January, the, January the 11th, we're having a mental dialogue fun day if you're in the Atlanta area, which is almost a couple of weeks from 
couple of weeks from now. So check us out on January the 11th. My final thoughts, if you are in circles where it's these women this, these men that, you cannot shame the other gender into how you want them to act. You must take Mark Anthony's advice. Look within. And if you think that good men don't check F-boys, you're in the wrong circle. Because you just heard of great men who their circles don't do that. And I know plenty of women who know those type of men. And typically, even if you think they don't do it enough, in your own circle, the men that you respect, if you think about it, they're your go-to when you need them, whether it's to fix something or even when you're in danger. If you're not quick to call the police, you know the good men who do act. And if you don't see enough of them, you're in the wrong circle. That's the truth. All I ask is that you think. See y'all next Saturday.